Live from WNUR News, I'm Allison Rao. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's Monday, January 24th, 2022. Tonight on WNUR News, an update on a Wisconsin fan during last week's basketball game, a look at Netflix's reboot of Rebelde, and, of all things, the pandemic's influence on the board game industry. Those stories and more coming up now on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in on this snowy Monday evening. A University of Wisconsin-Madison fan made racist gestures at Northwestern students during a men's basketball game at Welsh Ryan Arena last Tuesday. He has now been banned from athletic events at both universities. Here's reporter Madison Bratley with the story. A University of Wisconsin-Madison fan who made racist anti-Asian gestures toward Northwestern students was removed from Tuesday's Big Ten Conference men's basketball game at Welch Ryan Arena. Deborah Lee, an alumna of Northwestern, filmed the fan from two rows behind him and posted the recording on TikTok. In the video, the man repeatedly made the slant-eyed gesture and showed the middle finger to the Northwestern student section. Then, events staff and members of the Northwestern Police Department removed him from the event. As of Monday morning, the video has been viewed 1.6 million times. Both universities have banned the man from attending their athletic events. University of Wisconsin-Madison confirmed that he was not a current university student nor employee. Deborah Lee said to NBC5 News that the fan continued flipping off students and making slant-eye gestures throughout the first half of the game. Deborah Lee said, quote, he did not seem to have any remorse at all, end quote, and, quote, I personally saw it at least a dozen times, end quote. The man also made the slant-eye gesture while being escorted out. Kirsten Lee, a Northwestern student in the student section on Tuesday, also posted a TikTok about the racist incident. In the video, she writes, quote, was excited to go to my first any basketball game and then, Kirsten Lee commented under the video saying fans for both teams were booing when the opposing team scored and this Wisconsin fan started pulling his eyelids, giving the middle finger, and screaming at the Northwestern student section every time Wisconsin scored. Quote, There is absolutely no reason to be racist, especially over a college basketball game, end quote, Lee wrote. Lee also said a group of Asian students behind her suggested recording the man while other students reported the racist behavior to NUPD. Rebecca Blank, current chancellor of University of Wisconsin-Madison and incoming president of Northwestern, released a statement on Thursday with UW-Madison's director of athletics. Quote, We are reaching out today to condemn the offensive anti-Asian gestures made by a man in Badger's apparel at Tuesday's men's basketball game at Northwestern University and to share the actions being taken. Our events should be a place for everyone to enjoy the excitement of college sports. The University of Wisconsin, Northwestern University, and the Big Ten Conference promote good sportsmanship, appropriate fan behavior, and a welcoming atmosphere for all fans at all athletic events. Racist behavior at our venues is unacceptable and we will take action promptly to address it, end quote. 
Dr. Derek Gragg, Coombe Family Vice President for Athletics and Recreation at Northwestern, also released a statement. Quote, Tuesday night was supposed to be a celebration. We were thrilled to welcome students back to Welsh Ryan Arena to cheer on the men's basketball team in a Big Ten conference game for the first time in 682 days. It also was the program's Together We Win game, part of our year-long campaign to raise awareness of the Athletics Department's ongoing commitment to creating a diverse and inclusive community that fosters belonging and honors authenticity. The celebration was marred by one individual's abhorrent and racist actions toward members of our student section, providing yet another painful reminder that there is still much work to be done in our collective efforts to confront racism and bigotry toward members of our Asian, Pacific Islander, and Desi American community, as well as other marginalized groups in our society. On behalf of the Department of Athletics and Recreation, I am disheartened our fans and members of our community had to experience this type of hatred in one of our venues. The actions were unacceptable and a violation of university values and our fan code of conduct. As a community, we must remain steadfast in our commitment by fostering an environment where every wildcat feels safe, welcomed, and affirmed. The responsibility to intentionally engage in areas of difference and act swiftly when injustice occurs is a responsibility that we all share, end quote. The Northwestern Fan Code of Conduct, quote, explicitly prohibits any and all forms of discrimination and harassment of students, coaches, staff, officials, or guests based on characteristics including, but not limited to, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, race, color, national origin, religion, age, disability status, veteran status, or any other characteristic, end quote. And says not following these guidelines could be grounds for someone's removal from an athletic event and a possible ban from attending future events. Both of the university's statements applauded the people who recorded the incident and reported it to Northwestern Police. For WNUR News, I'm Madison Bratley. WNUR News will return after these messages. Stay tuned. Keeping your kids safe on the way to school is a bus driver's responsibility. When that driver is behind the wheel, they should be focused. And when you're driving, you should be focused too. Texting while driving on Illinois roads is illegal and deadly. Drive now, text later. You can't do both. This message brought to you by the Illinois Tollway State Police, Department of Transportation, Secretary of State, and AAA. This is a guided meditation on parenting. Take a deep breath in and let go of the time you and your son played basketball and you attempted to slam dunk. Or when you hit that pinata into your neighbor's yard. Let it go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Today, my new dad and I shot off a rocket in the park. Today, my new son and I failed to shoot off a rocket. The rocket launched into the air. And then crashed into the pond. I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget that day, even if I tried. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of kids in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. On to arts and entertainment. Sixteen years after its original series ended, Mexican telenovela Rebelde is back with a new twist. 
Reporter Maria Camano takes a look at the reboot and how it compares to the original. On January 5th, 2022, Rebelde fans finally got their long-awaited reboot of the internationally successful Mexican telenovela, 16 years after the original's end. The Mexican reboot teen drama series is based on the telenovela of the same name, aired from 2004 to 2006. The original Rebelde, which was based off of the Argentinian telenovela Rebelde Way, was an international success, with the cast forming a pop group that topped the charts in the early 2000s. The group, who were known as RBD, released nine studio albums, received Latin Grammy nominations, sold out various concert venues, and sold over 15 million records worldwide. The group disbanded in 2009, but according to the Washington Post, their fans have stayed active throughout the years with a virtual concert and reunion, and their music being added to streaming services like Spotify. The new reboot, similarly to the original, centers on students at the Elite Way School part of the Music Excellence Program, who form a band to compete in the school's famous Battle of the Bands. It has also maintained certain elements from the original, such as the secret society La Logia's return to Eus, as well as the original cast and characters coming back to be a part of the reboot. Weinberg first-year Denise Sanchez believes that the reboot's been highly awaited because of the original's success. Rebelde was like such an iconic show, and like there's, it has like so, so many fans from like all over like Latin America and since it got so much attention and like so much popularity like within like these past few like years and I feel like a lot of like people have tried to like remake the show in like different ways and I feel like Netflix um kind of like wanted to like um bring it back and like introduce it to like new audiences um, I haven't watched it completely, but so far, I mean, I guess it's like really interesting. Um, I do think that there are like moments that I just like, oh, like, I mean, it's like whatever, like, it's not going to be like the original, but I mean, I like how um, it's a little bit like more diverse or they're trying to make it a little bit like more diverse and inclusive um, but I do um, I don't think it obviously like lives up to the original. <laughs> the series has received praise for its attempts at being more inclusive than the original through its incorporation of more LGBTQ plus storylines and a more racially diverse cast. Now to be completely honest I have never watched the original Rebelde but was very curious as to what the reboot would be like. So I convinced my roommates to binge watch it with me and see what the hype was about. Despite not being able to catch nods to the original, the plot was easy to understand for someone who had never seen the first version. The series took the classic twists and turns of a telenovela, but at the end of the day, what stood out to me most was the music. The reboot, like the original version, came out with its own original soundtrack, including their more modern take on RBD classics. American pop songs. Popular reggaeton anthems. And 
and their own new tracks that dip their toes into genres like trap. The original song, Pensando en Ti, was released ahead of the reboot to build up excitement and succeeded. One of my roommates, Natalia Camino, also found that the music was what brought together both the old and new fans of Rebelde. Something else I really liked was just like their modern takes on popular songs, um, as well as like some like covers of the original songs as well. I think it's like a way to like bring together Gen Z and uh, the millennials, just bringing us all together under this like cultural phenomena that is Rebelde, and I think that's really cool. I think. Pensando en ti, um, which is like an original song I made for the show, is really good. Like I listen to it on my free time, not just like from the show. Um, I think some of their covers are also really good. So yeah, I, I like the music in general. On January 9th, 2022, the series was renewed for a second season. And you best believe I'll be watching. For WNUR News, this has been Maria Camaño. Looking over to oddities, board games and other tabletop games have been a staple for years. But has the pandemic been a boon or a curse to the industry? Here's reporter Zach McCrary with the story. I played lots of games when I was growing up, but board games were a special treat. There's nothing quite like feeling the glossiness of the cards in your hand, the rattle of the dice, the smell of the cardboard of a game that hasn't been opened in years. It's definitely a multi-sensory experience, and nothing really beats sharing that experience with a few of your closest friends. Now, I'm not going to dwell on it for too long, but the pandemic has changed nearly every facet of our day-to-day -day lives. For more than a year, things we could previously take part in with our friends and family face-to-face -face were forced to move to a remote setting or simply disappear altogether. So how do you get that multi-sensory social experience and make it so that it's pandemic safe? Everything that I had going on in person kind of stopped for obvious reasons, um, but tabletop games are very easy to play online. That's Ori D'Angelo, fourth year at Northwestern and co-president of Tabletop Club. I've started a lot of campaigns. Uh, I've run a couple campaigns. Um, my longest running like campaigns and my best TTRPG sessions have come out of the pandemic. Tabletop games, such as tabletop role-playing games, TTRPGs if you will, and other such board games have had a bit of a renaissance in recent years. DW reports an uptick in interest among adults recently after the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. Yet, social gatherings have been restricted as of late. So how does this affect how much people play? We played more. Um, but really, it feels more like a relative more, where everything else kind of slowed down. And TTRPGs, for me at least, were able to stay at the same rate. Um, in terms of other kinds of tabletop games, things did kind of slow down. It's, for me at least, a lot harder to play a board game online, you have to find very specific resources for that, or you have to pay money for the best resources for that, uh, whereas tabletop role-playing games were, were very easy to just keep going at their usual pace and to increase uh, as everything else kind of decreased. Playing a board game, or playing a tabletop TTRPG, um, 
is a very like multi-sensory experience is a very social experience so how do you try to emulate that if at all in an online setting yeah um getting the the social nature of a tabletop role-playing game or a board game is definitely the hardest thing to translate you can all still be talking um but i'm sure you've experienced in a lot of zoom meetings it is so much harder to have side conversations or to read social cues on when people are going to talk it's a lot harder to kind of have that organic conversational flow but you can still have conversational flow. Tangents are still very doable. Um, you can still kind of communicate. You lose the ability to kind of have some side conversations. Um, let's say one of the things that you really like uh, about a game is the dice rolling and everybody kind of collectively watching to see what happens. So you can all kind of celebrate or uh, groan at the, at the result. That can be replicated. Um, there are dice rolling bots and, and various tools to make sure that that still happens for everyone at the same time. Uh, so that you're not just like rolling your dice and telling people what you, uh, what you got and kind of delaying how that goes. Um, for me and for playgroups that I often run in, um, we ended up not emulating much of the social experience. Again, we used those dice bots to make sure that everybody was kind of participating at the same time, um, but I know that for other groups, um, turning on video was very important for like seeing and interacting with other people and playing off of other people's expressions. For the most part, I played without video, um, just letting everybody's voices speak. For me, that ended up being useful. Um, I often run tabletop role-playing games. Um, as a, as a GM or a DM, which means that I have to play a lot of different characters, which are distinguished in person. You can distinguish them with voices and some movement patterns, right? You can kind of mimic maybe the way that they would be sitting at a table if you yourself are sitting at a table. Um, for me, it almost felt easier with the video off to change my voice and change the character I was uh, playing for, uh, for the players at the table. Um, of just not having to change any mannerisms or put on any kind of character just to change my voice. Um, kind of treating it like voice acting, I guess, um, in that way was very enabled for me. Um, but you do lose a lot by not sitting at a table together and having side conversations. Somebody brings the snacks... It's, it's a very different experience, but still a, still a very good one, I would say. Over the past few months, Tabletop has grown considerably. When Northwestern reopened in-person classes last fall, Tabletop assumed a hybrid approach, offer both in-person and online events. We have been getting a lot of traction. This past fall, our first quarter back in person, and I think this kind of speaks to the, the fact that people really want to be back in person and playing these games in person, because there is that missing factor. But this past fall was the most campaigns we have ever hosted at once, uh, and the most people signing up to play in campaigns we have ever had as a club. Um, as far as I know, our event attendance was extremely high for our weekly events, our one-shots where you can learn to play a game, or our bring-your-own-board-game night, where everybody can just kind of bring a board game and, and play what other people bring. Um, 
everything was just being attended by so many people. Um, this quarter, most winter quarters, there's a little bit of a slowdown. This winter quarter, there's been a kind of significant slowdown as we've gone back to virtual, but things should be increasing again, maybe, as we go back to in-person. We're not really clear on that yet. We're going to start moving back to in-person events uh, this week, um, and we'll see how that goes. And if there's one thing that's constant, it's the human desire for competition, camaraderie, and entertainment. And that's something that tabletop games excel at. For WNUR News, I'm Zach McCrary. WNUR News will return after these messages. Stay tuned. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. XOXOXO. You getting these texts? Question mark. Where are you? What are you doing? OMG, you are making me mad. You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the robot become dangerous? Let us know at that'snotcool.com. That's notcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back to WNUR News at 6. It's 6.24 p.m. In the headlines today, Northwestern's COVID-19 positivity rate is at its lowest ever for January, despite hitting record highs earlier in the month. Out of 11,500 tests taken this week, 229 came back positive, as compared to last week's 686. Undergraduate and non-undergraduates accounted for 175 of the positives, with staff and faculty making up the rest. Despite demands from students, Northwestern will not be reinstating credit-no-credit credit grading options for the winter 2022 quarter. The policy was first implemented spring 2020 to reduce academic stress amidst pandemic challenges. University spokesperson John Yates said withholding the policy is due to Northwestern's increased COVID-19 response preparedness. In Evanston, six people announced at Saturday's Ninth Ward meeting their desire to replace Alderman Cicely Fleming. Fleming plans to resign next month, and Mayor Daniel Biss will appoint her replacement. Chicago Public Schools quietly changed COVID-19 case reporting methods last month, raising questions about transparency. The district now only lists COVID-19 cases verified by their contact tracing team. 
This has resulted in school-level cases going unreported within district-wide totals. After a parent posted an online analysis of these discrepancies Thursday, CPS officials say they will evaluate their methods again. Taking a look at the weather, right now you can expect clouds and slight flurries with a high near 26 degrees. Tonight, look for mostly clear skies with a low around 7 degrees and wind chill values as low as negative 6 degrees. Tuesday and Wednesday will be sunny with highs around 12 degrees and winds around 20 miles per hour. Temperatures will rise to the 20s and 30s at the end of the week and going into Thursday evening and Friday, there will be a slight chance of snow. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News and Instagram at WNUR News 893. You can listen to these and other stories of the day on our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. You can also find us on our new website, WNUR.News. Our producers today are Seeger Gray and Sarah Cadora. Our reporters are Madison Bradley, Maria Camano, and Zach McCrary. I'm Allison Rauch. From all of us here at WNUR News, thanks for listening. Catch our next show this Wednesday, January 26th at 6 p.m. Now, back to scheduled programming.